Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of Falava Quest. Uh, we talk about falavas here. Sean, what do you think of falavas? Are they your favorite meal for breakfast, lunch, or dinner? I mean, if I'm going to be eating fava beans at all, I'm going to make sure of a few different things. Um, first, I'm going to blanch them and then I'm going to shock them. And then I'm going to peel off that first outside layer. Um, and that takes a few minutes to get that down. But if you, there's a technique, if, if I, you know, if I could share with you really quick that you just kind of take your thumbnail and pierce the top of, of where you want to take out the actual fava bean. And then you just pinch the back of it, and they're kind it of sounds like a lot inside. of stuff that my mistress does to me. You're describing things that happened to me at the special place, the shop. It's it's the pinch get your the kids back part and right the, off the uh, bat. Get your kids out of the room immediately. The blanching part. Didn't you mention spanking in there somewhere? I'm thinking for sure that this episode could go to places that most people might. I might just turn it off in general if I were you. Sage not turn it off. He told us, you know, in the two episodes ago when we started talking politics and um, uh, Wilson was like, I bet, or Liverflap was like, I bet Zade's still listening. He was. He listened to the politics stuff. Speaking of the politics stuff, you know, there's somebody in our Discord who was like, oh, damn it, they're talking politics again. You know what that does to me, Sean? Yeah, I know what that does to you. And I'm going to do my really hard hardest to keep it on the rails today. I have a problem. When I feel like I'm doing... um. When, I, when somebody said, oh, damn it, they're talking politics again, immediately what went through my head is, what? I'm going to do a whole fucking episode on politics now. God damn it. <laughs> Tell me not okay, to so talk Sorry, sorry we're going to lose a couple listeners. Apologize ahead of time. No, the thing is, I don't feel like talking politics today, though. But that's oh, just I'm like, good. you know, if you want to manipulate me as a, as a viewer, as a listener, compliment me, call me a great cleric, and maybe just ask me to do something every once in a while. But don't be like, oh, Jeff, don't talk politics. That's like my signal to start talking politics all the time. What's wrong with me, Sean? Oh, well, I mean, I don't know. Where do you want me to start, dude? Seriously? Well, let's just start with that. Let's start with that. You've met people like that before, right? Where, like, even if they don't really want to do something, if you tell them not to, they're like, well, I'm going to fucking do it then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've met people like that. I know one. I know one really well, actually. I know one really well. Um, I don't know. What is your question? What do you do with people like that? No, no, no. What's wrong with me? I worked on a lot of stuff with my therapist Nothing. this year, but we never got to that one. I don't think there's anything wrong with you. It's, 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 you know, it's the ego telling you that you need to defend yourself because mm -hmm. you've been told that you're wrong and, you know, God forbid no. that you'd ever be wrong. Damn it. I don't have an ego. What are you talking about? I did a mm -hmm. mescaline once with um, Joe Rogan. We lost our egos. We did DMT together and we left our egos on another distant planet. Oh God, I can't imagine that man without an ego. That's hilarious, actually. <laughs> um, it's Isn't funny that like that a big thing people talk about when they do all like the hardest core trippy drugs? They're like, oh man, I'm going on an ego death this weekend. Isn't that what people go to like uh, Burning Man yes, for? You should know this. You're in California. I don't know if that's what they're going for. I think they might be looking in the wrong places for what they're looking for, but it, I don't know. You know what Bono said? Uh, no, he said a lot of things. He still hasn't I found st what he's looking for. Yeah, he still hasn't found it. Did you know that U2 is the number one Christian band in the world? Mm, I didn't know that. I didn't even know they were Christian. 
So my brother is very big into the music industry. You know this, right? Mm-hmm. He actually recently had some heart problems. He just had to get surgery. He almost he almost got a pacemaker. Scary stuff at his age. Yeah, his heart wasn't pumping fast enough. But anyway, that's not what we're talking about here. But I that just all happened the last couple of days. It was kind of scary. Um, my brother's uh, big into the back end of the music industry, like uh, you know the buying and selling end and stuff like that. He lived out in L.A. for a bit in that whole industry and. Uh, his favorite band in the world is U2, and um, he said they are very much a Christian band. Uh, like, a lot of their songs are all about God. They just made a conscious decision early on not to be a outwardly Christian band, not to brand themselves as a Christian band, and not to, like, use the word God and Jesus left and right in their songs. But most of their songs are about God. Hmm. Well, then I'm going to have to say, couldn't that be left up to interpretation? I think that's the idea and that's probably the reason they were so fucking popular in their time like there's one thing that younger people and obviously people who listen to this live during the youtube boom but youtube was fucking enormous for what like what would you say three years they were like the number one band as far as like groups go in the whole world during the whole joshua tree era they were fucking huge yeah, it might have been longer longer than that if you're talking about the whole world and the band as far as bands go yeah i mean bono as far as rock stars are concerned, probably reached as far as far as you can go. Number two Christian band that nobody knows is a Christian band, Imagine Dragons. So hold on a minute. Now now you're going to get me riled up, dude. Yeah, here we go. See, because Sean was going to be a Christian camp counselor, and so he's got that in his roots. And no, for some reason... About, I, want, I guess I want more of a definition of what that means. Because... So are these are these like is Bono going? Yeah, no, we're all hardcore. Everybody in the band's a hardcore Christian. We go to what church I'm every Sunday. Is, we we are t- we take the sacrament. I have no idea. Like, um, I have a feeling know, they don't all go to church on Sunday because they've been touring for a very long time. They're probably very busy people. Do they here, actually pay the, the tithe? I mean, are they paying the tithe Look, that a rock star getting, should pay? You're That's, getting that, into I'm what just, should a Christian I'm, be in like the whole, no, like no, no, what did no, Americans no, do what? to Christian? Listen, all no, I'm saying no. is that they not, are singing These are about, their own definitions. These are their own definitions, not mine. I'm not no, defining it. That's you're their trying own definitions. To. You're trying no, to. No, and when you're saying no. they, you're not talking about you too. You're just talking about Christians in general. And you're right. Usually I'm the one who lumps everybody together. Now you're lumping everybody together. Like my mom said, she's not a Christian. She just has a relationship with Jesus. Wait a minute. I'm She's serious. My mom is one of the most hardcore Christians I've ever met, and she will say, I do not I'm consider not myself a Christian. a Christian. I consider myself who has I consider myself a person who has a personal relationship with Jesus. That's how she describes her faith. Okay. And then the okay, so let's break this down. So then oh, God Bono, damn it, I should have hit the record button. Fuck. Bono <laughs> Bono Bono um Bono is Christian and what is the I imagine dragons is Christian. So there's this are they the same? Are they the same band? No, no, no. Are they the same Christian? Like they when you're defining in them. Jesus. Yes, yes. Th- yes. That is the one thing that uh I'm pretty confident about that as far as what type of Christian they are, if they're go to church every Sunday Christian or not, I have no fucking mm-hmm. clue. But what I'm saying is that they believe in the God that is uh, the Trinity, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, you know, the okay. traditional Christian so the God, old- and that they are, most of their songs are singing about praising that God, but they've made an early decision not to go down the road of Striper and Petra and fucking go into the obscurity of shitty Christian rock music and instead just be a little more subtle about it. Okay. 
Right. And it fucking worked out for them, I'll tell you that much. I just want to make sure they pay their tithes because otherwise that's going to bother me a lot. It's going to bother me a lot. Speaking of giving back to the community, Sean, for tomorrow, for the first time in a very long time in my life, I'm uh, going to be volunteering again. I'm going to be working at a um, place that um, works with uh, kids with uh, Down syndrome. I went through my orientation this weekend. My wife already started to do it, and I've decided to start joining her. So, uh that's going to be my lot in life. Can you imagine me like in a kitchen full of uh, a bunch of kids with their parents with Down syndrome, like all cooking with each other? And guess who's going to be washing dishes in the corner? Yeah, I can totally imagine you doing that. I, uh, I volunteered as the cleanup guy. I'm the cleanup. I'm like, I'll, I will clean up any mess that you guys make. I'll take care of it. That's going to be a good job for you. And it'll be fun. You're going to be in your box. You're going to be doing your thing. It's going to yeah. be perfect. I think it's going to be a good time. I'm going to have a bunch of moms be like, oh, thanks, which is, you know, I love to be praised by moms. It's like my favorite thing in the world, you know? I'm, so I think, it's going to be a good I time. Think you, I think you should make signs for everybody. Like, don't put knives in the sink and like make cool <laughs> art signs and, you know, listen to what your mom and dad say and like stuff like that. <laughs> And just put them all back by the dishwasher so that they can think and then wear a clown suit. I think that's the other thing you should do. That sounds like something that your mom would do. Now, I'm, if people have been listening to this a long time, there probably is one episode where we went through this. But it was one of my favorite stories about you. And that's that uh, once when I was uh, hanging out with you at your parents' house, um, they were all out of town. We were adults at this point. I want to say we were in our like mid-30s or something. And uh, you were living in California, but... At this time, you were visiting home, and for some reason, your parents were all gone. And so your mom knew you would be at the house. And so to make sure you didn't go hungry, your mom put Post-it notes around the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Like on the cupboard, she said, there are chips in here, Sean. And like over here on the fridge, she said, there are some olives in here you can enjoy. And you could like even open the cupboard, and there'd be a little box of mac and cheese, a little Post-it that says, if you add water to this and boil it, you can have a yummy meal, Sean. And I'm like, does your mom think you don't know how to find food or something? look man it's not hard to figure out why life is the way that it is you know the way that i am the way that i am um yeah she's she's a wonderfully fantastic loving person in case you get hungry there's food this is the cupboard with food sean in case you're Mm -hmm. pulling yourself along the ground and you can't eat from sustenance and you've been looking all day in the basement in the garage for food for the wrong place this this post-it is going to let you know the Kitchen cupboard is where you find the food. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so the only thing I can really say in her defense is I think that maybe had been like only the second time I'd ever been in that house, right? Because the that would make I, sense. Didn't, I didn't grow up in that house. I, I grew up that without saying right. Well, not it still doesn't make that much sense, but <laughs> it's it's fine. It's fine. I specifically it's, remember I made up most of those post-its, but there was one that said nuts. I specifically remember a post-it note that said nuts on the outside of the kitchen cupboard. Yeah, and I'd already been working in kitchens for quite a long time at that point too, so it wasn't like I hadn't familiarized Where are the myself. Nuts? I can't yeah. find the fucking nuts. Oh god. <laughs> you call your mom. Where are the nuts? Yeah, well, that's the, the other thing. Oh. But it's not like they were in a place where I couldn't get a hold of them, right? It wasn't like <laughs> right next to the like, cereal in the pantry. No, they didn't take their um, moon tour until like the following year, I think, when they were on the moon, and I couldn't get a hold of them for a couple weeks. So, your mom is wonderful. I actually, um, I've when I've come to visit you uh, or your brother at your house, um, 
I've sometimes brought her a plant. I usually do my best to uh, please your mom and to and to show respect. I sometimes feel a little bit like um, what's the name of the rel- of the neighbor on Leave It to Beaver? You know, you had the Beave and you had Wally, but you had that neighbor who was always like, "Oh, hi, Mrs. Beave." <laughs> and he was always like a little bit like, "I'm gonna have your kids get into trouble," but I'm a good kid. I always kind of feel a little bit like that when I'm coming over. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Eddie Haskell. Like, you remember that fucker? Yeah. yeah oh, you hi, were the bad, Eddie. You're the bad kid. I'm, I'm not though, right? I was like, well, I remember the bad kids. I was not the bad. I was not the kid who taught all the other kid what finger banging was in seventh grade. I was not that I mean, kid. What is up with you in that word lately? Seriously, it's like it, it bothered somebody maybe a month ago is what had to happen. It bothered somebody, and now you're like, ooh, I got one. I'm gonna dive in a, every chance. Finger bang's a good word. Oh my god! Don't you think? I really wish you had a daughter, man. I just wish. Oh, is that? Oh no! I can only imagine. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! He says. I can only imagine. Yeah. Uh huh. And only a few more years until they'll probably be listening to every episode oh, of this podcast, gosh. and then oh, you God. will have to. You're going to be the one that has to deal with it, not me. Dude, my son has entered puberty full on for about a good year now, and it is fucking wild. My wife and I were actually talking yesterday, like, we wish kids would, like, grow up and, like, be out of the house before they hit puberty. Because fucking dealing with a a kid during puberty is just messy, man. Because you still have you're still responsible for them. But at the same time, you can't control those fucking hormones. They just fucking take a kid over. It's some messy shit having conversations with them at this age. Oh, God damn it. I am not looking forward to it at all. I mean, I am, and I'm not. I mean, you have to explain what finger banging is. There's all types See, of different things. You, you have go. to navigate the waters about what's up with the future. There you go. There the you one go. thing I try to keep in mind is, you know, though, like, they're just like, I don't know. We went through that period of time, right? We did some stupid shit when we were younger. What would you, how would you feel if your daughter did all the shit you did when you were younger? All of it. I mean, I was pretty tame, dude. Comparatively yeah. to most kids, I, I think so. I would agree um, with that. I would agree with that. Sean never threw parties, everybody. He never stayed out too late or anything like that. Sean's MO was just like not talking shit about other people. Fucking boring ass bullshit, if you ask me. He wasn't messy <laughs> at all in high school. You can you couldn't get him to talk shit about anybody. No, man, that's dirty. It's just mm-mm. Nah, especially mm-mm. I just, I saw what it did. I saw what it did to every group of people and it, it, it really fucked people up, man. Gossip was, is, gossip is a thing that humans have used to get through, you know, in your life, you can only really know like 10 people. So we use gossip to get to know the other thousand people around us, you know, tangentially. It's actually like a, an evolutionary thing. Gossip. We, we did it for a reason. So when you're talking shit, you're just letting people know, like avoid, you know, Tim Sobosinski over there. Oh, sorry. Did I use a real name? <laughs> wow. Shit. <laughs> wow. So you just wow. gossip about Tim. That way you let him know, like, hey, if you hang out with Tim Sobosinski, you know, then th- this could happen. You know, you let people know through gossip. But you, you, weren't, you weren't cool on uh, talking shit about people, which I think a lot of people respected because then you know, here's the awesome thing about hanging out with somebody who never talks shit about anybody. You know, they don't talk shit about you. Well, there, that's the whole effing point, isn't it? Is that's yeah. the whole idea? That's the whole idea. My yeah, dad talks again. shit about every, my dad talks shit about my brother to me constantly. When my dad's around my brother, he talks shit about me constantly. I don't know what it is. It's like he's using us as like competition against each other or something. I don't know. But 
immediately what you figure out is like, oh man, you're talking shit about me when I'm not around. <laughs> right, exactly. And then how do you feel about that? Not good. I usually tell my dad to stop talking shit about my brother. <laughs> He's like, oh, sorry. Yeah, no, I, do. I go, hey, you know what? We should probably have this conversation with them, huh? Right, That's exactly. What I do. And then they go, what do you mean? And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> Are you telling me you're not willing to have this conversation with them? Because that's even weirder. Like, let's go. Let's go, baby. Yeah, let's, I think I might. I'm sorry, I'm trying to use that phrase now. And it's, I'm, I'm, I might not be using it right. No, God, I can't please don't. Be- I can't believe that you think that's a new thing. I, that I know, has been a thing I, forever, baby. Can you please? Can you please? No, I, I know it's not. I know Let's Go has been around for a minute. I just, when I'm around the folks that are like 10 years younger than us, then it's all that. I, it, it's really starting to become obvious that I'm old, man. Right. It's My really starting is, to become obvious. It's like music and culture. When I hang out with people younger than me and uh, they mention like, oh, have you heard this musician, that musician? For a while there, it was at least like, oh, I may not listen to him or I may not know that show, but I'm familiar with it. Now it's getting to the point where I don't even know this shit exists anymore. Yeah, no, it's it's gone. That we are the tap in thing is gone for like us. The That's, stuff my son is into, the like new like shows he's into, or the culture or whatever he's into, like this is stuff I will never have heard of unless he comes to me and lets me know about it. Yeah, so we had a moment of <laughs> my my kid was listening to music the other day, and um, you know. I personally think it's really great. It's it's I'm catching stuff that I would never catch, and I think it's great because I'm hearing it from her perspective, you know, of what's what people are listening to now, and um, and the conversation in in my mind was okay. Well, l- l- let's go through some of these lyrics, and you know, people get concerned about that stuff, and I get it. But then I go, okay, well, let me think back to my age. What was I listening? Yeah, you can't to, go to- through the lyrics with them. That's unfair. No, no, yeah. I don't. I don't. Right. I'm just saying, I started thinking about things that I listened to at right. that exact same age, right? And here, I, here's what I came to. I came to Two Live Crew. Yeah. I came to, I mean, it was, the, the list goes on and on, but like, that's a that's one that's pretty, uh, you know, explicit, I'll say that. Um, and so, my it, dick it, and I eat your pussy. Yeah, you know, that's my dick and I eat your pussy. That's a good that's, song. Yeah. That's, that's one of them. Yeah. And so, it, you know, I thought to myself, well, if I could get through it and still be normal, quote unquote, and, you know, not have all the issues. That's another thing that I, that is reminding me of my early childhood that's happening now that we're reliving. Like, you know right. how, as you get older, your, your generation comes into power and you kind of like, hmm, I wonder what's going to happen. And we're starting to relive the fear of, fear of Satan taking over. I right, know. you remember that? Yeah, yeah. it's like the yeah, satanic we, panic came back. It's not it's, good. No, we are. We're reliving the, the late '80s and yeah, early '90s right now. It's really, it's it's really crazy. Um, anyway, I thought I, I find that stuff super interesting. But Satan, welcome to EverQuest. Satan, Satan. Welcome um, to EverQuest. But you know, I, I can't I can't go to EverQuest yet because I just have to say that what I try to keep in mind with. Uh, my son growing up in that age range is just that because I remember myself growing up. Like we've experienced the world, right? We've experienced crazy things, all different types of emotions, right? We've we've been around the block. They haven't. They are feeling some of these emotions for the first time. They are feeling some of these ideas for the first time. And they're it's very visceral for them and it's very exploratory for them. And I think it's important to let them explore. 
Like just because they listen to a two live crew song doesn't mean they're going to be like two live crew, but they've never heard anything like that in their lives. And they're at a point in their lives hitting teenager where they're starting to explore the world and trying to figure out what's going on. And yeah, I just think it's very normal. And I think it's, it's almost like, um, letting somebody like learn what fire is like without jumping into it. Like they're trying to figure out the different emotions in the world and the different craziness that can go on or the good things that can go on. And a lot of times you get that through music or culture and that's a way to experience it without actually going into the world and experiencing it. It's like a safe way to experience all these different things that other people have gone through in their lives. And so I think it's very normal for a kid to search out almost like edgy stuff at this age. I think it's very normal because they're looking to push the boundaries on what their experiences are like and what they feel, you know? Yeah. I also, yeah, I think it's a, a chance for them to, to fail in a safe box. And I think that's something that we, we need to really look at as society of this fear of failure is so that's another thing that came back from that era. Right. And it's just this uncontrollable fear of failure. It's just like, man, that is the best time to learn. I mean, you know, you don't want to make it a catastrophe, but you, you, you gotta fail sometimes. You have I to love failing. Sometimes I like to yeah. fail on purpose. I, yeah, well, I love failing so much. And it, um, it, and you know, this is a podcast about Zade, obviously as, as, uh, as Josh knows, uh, sometimes I think like st- attitudes <laughs> like that might even, <laughs> I'm joking. Cause Josh said once, what is this a Zade podcast now? <laughs> Because we talk about him so much. <laughs> well, he's highly influential in the game, I would say. Anyway. Um, but I think somebody like Zade would, uh, I assume, it, when, I, when I'm around people who are big into winning, I assume that my mindset sometimes frustrates them. Because sometimes I will fail with a group and I'm like, that was fun. <laughs> and sometimes when I'm with like hardcore winners, they're like, Jesus fucking Christ, we're trying to win over here and you're enjoying the process of failing. I've, I've definitely been in team situations before or like competitive situations before where I've failed and been like, well, the prize didn't mean anything anyway. It wasn't that fun guys. And been with like competitive people who get frustrated with me. Yeah, I can, I can relate to that a little bit if I'm highly competitive about something for sure. You're pretty You're more competitive than me. I think we're both competitive people, but I think you're more competitive than me. Mm, I think it depends on the thing. Yeah, probably. Huh? We're competitive with each other. That's for sure. Yeah, and but I feel like it's and it, it's never felt like um, uncontrolled or negative or not not happy for the other person. I think that's the main thing. If if you're competitive with somebody but they are happy when you win, then it then it's good. Then it's good well, competition. When one person's always like winning out of the competition, it's hard. You know, eventually you just right. get used to it, right? Well, that just also defines our personalities even more because I'm generally just happier for you than you are for me. Oh wow. I think right. I'm just. I think just generally, you are the type of person who wants everybody around you to succeed. And generally, yes. I'm the type of person who doesn't trust anybody in this world except for like two people. Yeah, no, and that's true. The rest of them can just do their thing, but I'm not really too interested in them succeeding or failing. Just like leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> I love watching people succeed. Yeah, it's, it's uh, honestly sometimes I get jealous. I'll be honest, like. In, it, when I was doing a lot of art and doing a lot of stencil spray paint art, when I would see a new stencil spray paint artist come around and do something that was I thought was better than what I was doing, I would honestly like get upset, be like that motherfucker. I would get so that's my that's when my competitiveness would come out. I was not happy for them. I wanted to. I would want to leapfrog them. 
Yeah, I understand that. I mean, what's advantageous about it, what's advantageous about not doing that is that you can eventually you start to see what the thing is that they have that you don't, and you can extract a piece of it. You don't ever get the whole thing because that's what makes them them. Right. But you can take a small piece of it and add it to your arsenal, right? And and I think that's where as long as you allow people to really be themselves and succeed at the same time, then you definitely get to see it. You get to go, Oh man, there it is. There's the thing that you, you don't necessarily express it to other folks. You don't might not even know what it is, but there it is. And that's the piece that I need to add to myself to really make myself better. So now I can take this to the next level. And then there you go. Next I've level. definitely noticed that the most successful people in the world take your strategy. So I definitely see the logic, and and it, I think it's true. I can definitely say that. Maybe it's that ego getting in the way again, huh? Well, I I think it's well. From what I've noticed is that the, the, there are very few people. Not to say there. Oh, you cut out on me. Suck my dick and Hello. I eat your pussy. Hello. Suck my dick and Hello. I eat your pussy. That was it. So you so were just weird. saying there are very few people. You cut out on me for a second. Suck my dick and I eat your pussy. Suck my dick and I eat your pussy. Hello? My back now? Uh, I can kind of hear you, yeah. Keep talking. Suck my dick and I eat your pussy. Suck my dick and I eat your pussy. Okay, I can. Can you hear me now? Now I can hear you again. Can you hear me good now? It seems like we're locked in now. Yeah. Okay. So start again with, um, uh, you were saying that people, uh, what were you saying? I don't know. So let's, uh, I'll start off by launching it with this. I was saying, um, yeah, I think just that some people, uh, yeah, I don't know where we were. We just had some technical problems there, everybody. Welcome back. Thank you to Daniel Daigle for the, uh, editing there. We all appreciate you, Daniel. Thank you so much, Satan. Everybody, if you're ever wondering if a, why an episode's not out yet, you're like, I thought they recorded this last week. And it, it does, it, Satan takes about one week to edit the episodes. And if you ever want them to speed up, all you have to do is worship them. It's really easy. He said for every 3 million uh, worshipers on this planet, he can get an episode done one hour earlier. So let's start getting those numbers up, everybody. What do you think, Sean? Even with your background in, um, in like a uh, church, you know, like, uh, being like a youth pastor, do you think if, if, if push came to shove, you could worship Satan if that meant episodes could get out earlier? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, no comment. No comment. I, I gotta be careful here. I gotta ride the, I gotta ride that line. Let's be careful for a second here, everybody. I need to tell everybody a story that I've not shared with uh, anybody yet. And it's just fucking crazy. And it goes back to the devil stuff we were talking about earlier, Sean. And then we're going to talk about EverQuest, I promise. Okay, I'm ready. Um, I'm going to try to protect some names here and just say, I won't say who these people are and I won't say their names, but I'll describe a situation that happened. I know these people who play D&D and they live in a very conservative area of the country. Let's just say extremely conservative. And their father recently slipped and fell and broke their back. They are in recovery. It's not like life-threatening, but they did actually break their back in a spot, and so they're going through that. It's not like they're paralyzed or anything, but, you know, pretty serious, especially at their age. It's an older gentleman broke their back. So then in this very conservative area, 
somebody who does not play D&D, but who knows the father well, went to the D&D player, the child, and said, do you think it's just coincidence that your father broke his back after you've been doing witchcraft uh, through your Dungeons and Dragons? And then the person also approached the father and said, do you think it's coincidence that uh, this happened after your family was practicing witchcraft? Luckily, the father defended the child and said, how dare you? You know, my child was not doing witchcraft and how dare you go directly to my child about this? And, you know, they actually talked to the person through the words of God because they're both very big in the Bible. So they actually use Bible verses to explain why this is not witchcraft and use other past examples like Tolkien was a devoted Christian, but he talked about orcs and stuff. And that doesn't mean he was into witchcraft. So all this to say, I was... It's one of those things where I was blown away, but I shouldn't be. When I heard this story, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? An adult in this day and age, like goes after a family in the United States for playing Dungeons and Dragons and blaming medical issues on it. Like, are we, how fucking stupid are humans, you know? And since I'm close to all of them in DNA, how fucking stupid does that make me? And it just is frustrating and funny. And I just haven't shared that story with anybody, but that really happened. Oh. Yeah, that's that's deep. I mean, that's there's a lot of things to unpack right there. Well, just unpack one of them for me. I need I need some feedback here. I don't I don't know if it's funny or tragic or what it is. I hope that person doesn't come around too much anymore because uh, I think they're fucking nutbag now. And I don't know. I mean, I think you know. I think that's everybody's initial reaction to somebody who they disagree with intent and, you know, intently. But I think, I think if I were to say, not that you're asking, but if you did, what would be a better thing to do if that person did come around, um, would be to let them know how you feel about it and not to the place where you have to be like, you know, like blaming, I think that, that that what it comes down to for me and what I keep the word that keeps coming up is judgment. Like, there's a lot of that to go around right now too, right? Everybody on both sides wants to be hyper judgmental. And this guy's so easy to judge because you know what he looks like? He looks he's full on Amish, full on Amish, but not only <laughs> Amish, like a little scraggly and like crazy looking, like the Amish brother that they kicked out because he was a little too crazy. Like the beard and everything. <laughs> Fucking Amish dude. Okay, well, let Amish dude chill for a minute. And the overalls and the whole fucking deal, dude. You know, I don't know. If I think it's better, and I think, you know, you kind of taught me some of this too about like, you, if you just kind of say, this is where I'm at, and I know this is where I, I kind of think that you're at, and I'm, you know, you, you're fine to do what it is you do. I'm cool with that, but you really, once it crosses a specific line, then, you know, I'm not cool with it being around me or my family. And then you have to make a decision now as the other individual. All right, well then I'm not going to be around your family because I'm not going to budge. Okay, cool. Now we understand each other, right? There isn't any weird need for weirdness or anything else. It's just like you have your thing, go, you're fine to go do it. And I'm got mine and I'm going to go do mine. And we don't have to, we just don't have to hang out. I think I've always respected that those people can have whatever opinion they want. And I used to find those people more interesting. I would like to talk to them, be around them, get their opinions. But honestly, because I think because, and this is opening a whole nother can of worms, because I 
went through something a couple of years ago where a mentally ill person kind of blew up my family situation, you know, a bit and everything got turned upside down because of one person who was mentally ill. I now, when I'm around somebody who I think even if they're borderline mentally ill, I'm like, we need to get away from this person. Like, I'm not interested in them. I don't want to talk to them. I don't want to learn about them. I want to get a big distance between me and them. Like these people can be dangerous. And when I hear somebody talking like this, honestly, I, to me, it's borderline mental illness, but maybe that's where I'm off base. Because if somebody I mean, thinks that's devil worship, then if they, then what does that mean? If, if they think on a bigger scale, there's a people doing devil worship that's fucking up their town. What are they willing to go to, to stop that? I, if somebody connects a and B, then I'm like, well, that person's fucked. And I just got to keep my distance from them. Yeah. I mean, I can, I, I can understand that. I can understand that. But yeah, I mean, at some point you're, I mean, what about zombies? What about like coming back from, from the dead? Right. Like what about talking rocks? What about, what are you talking about burning, right now? Burning bushes that are talking. There's so many things that are absolutely insane about what faith people yeah. take and, and stuff. I'm just saying, you know, so it's, 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 that's a, to me, that's in, inevitable. Like that the, the part of it's going to be a little bit crazy to those people who don't believe in it. It's going to seem I wish, crazy. I wish our God would have a version of us on earth and that we could drink their blood to get forgiven. I think that would make a lot of sense logically. Let's all drink the person's blood. Hey, God, give us basically a sacrifice so we can all drink that motherfucker's blood. Will that forgive us? Well, well that's part of what I'm getting at too. Is like it's it, the thing that you act well, like you you're most afraid of is, is the, oh, you want us to eat his body too? Are. Sure, yeah. I'll eat See, that motherfucker right up, baby. Am I forgiven now? Oh, yep. I killed a whole family of people. That's all right. I just ate your son's body. I get I'm forgiven now. I go to heaven, right? I just did. Oh, I can go to heaven. Cool. I'm going to tell everybody in heaven about how I killed all these motherfuckers. Well, and it's not only the body and blood, but it's, uh, uh, it's a, of a zombie too. So it's, it's already an undead that you're eating. That means yeah, we're all becoming undead. undead. That's how that shit works. Mm. Yeah, so interestingly enough, I listened to this incredible thing about happiness today. This on is my a drive to and from the airport. to everybody. Yeah, yeah. And I, I highly recommend if anybody has a chance to listen to it, they do. It was an NPR podcast. I mean, NPR, whatever, set today um, early in the morning. Do they? Um, anyway. Wow. How lib are we getting now? Fucking NPR. Wow. Did they interview Elizabeth Warren too? Jesus Christ. Yeah. No, totally. Let's go deep into politics. Seriously. Oh, my God. I got to admit, Sean, when NPR started fucking dunking on... Um, uh, Bernie and started back in Hillary back in 2016. That's kind of when I stopped because they were like literally dunking on Bernie, like this fucking guy. I'm like, fuck these guys. I st I honestly stopped listening to NPR, but that's my problem. Whatever. I got upset. I'm not upset right now, Sean. There's no politics for me to get upset about right now. Let's talk about oh some fucking EverQuest. EQ. E oh, to the Q. Happiness, really quick. You said you were listening to happiness. Did they? Buy, I'm just curious. Did they talk about money and happiness in the link at all? I'm going to boil it down. Basically, and this is going to sound a little like uh, Eastern philosophy, but you know, the kind of Buddhist or whatever. But basically, I'm down. I've described my philosophy to people, and they're like, "Well, you're closer to Buddhist than anything else." So let's go. So basically, if you are like searching for happiness, or even when you try to measure it, then basically you're it, it, it won't be what it's supposed to be. Damn. It has to be, you have to be 
experiencing it in a moment when you're not trying to experience it, right? So I, yep. I think about it like on those days where like if you have this whole thing set up, right? Oh my God, this is going to be so much fun. I'm going to be right. so happy. I'm going to be doing this thing. And then you get there and you check in and you're like, eh, you know, this isn't what I expected. The lines were longer. Or it's just okay, you, right? It's just right, average. Right. It's what what's what you set it up to be. It's nothing surprises you and makes your life right. unexpectedly better. Right. It's those days where you wake up and something happens and you didn't expect it. And then, you know, then you're in them, you're kind of caught up in the middle of it. And all of a sudden you, you just come out of it with pure, pure joy and happiness. And then it is what it is. But they did talk about other ways in which um, anxiety and stress and all these other things uh, can be kind of pile up on you and how then you thinking about how you're d deficient because you can't handle anxiety, right? Then that makes it worse. And so those things compound. Uh, th there's some strategies there to remind yourself that emotions, it doesn't, it doesn't like say to detach yourself completely from them, but that you should just allow yourselves to experience them and then like kind of let them pass through. I, uh, I like thinking about things like happiness and what is, I think one thing is it's very relative. You know, I think somebody who has a what we would consider a pretty shit life can have just as much happiness as we do because they'll have good moments relative to their normal life, which will be ecstatic for them. You know, that's one reason I think money is usually not um, a huge impact on happiness. However, I do think having the bare necessities to get through life so you don't have to worry about being paycheck to paycheck because when you're paycheck to paycheck, there's a level of stress that takes over that makes it very difficult to be happy. But I think once you get past that lip, more money doesn't really help once you have your basic needs and your paycheck to paycheck taken care of. Um, and it's then highly, I also... Highly, go ahead, sorry. No, please. It's also highly dependent on other people, like depending on what society you live in. Like uh, more Eastern cultures have, uh, they're, they're more highly dependent on interconnectivity than we are as far yes. as like human to human. So then that's the that other thing aspect. I wanted to mention. I think when we go back and look at our lives and we think about the happiest moments in our lives, it's almost always a shared experience. And I think this is very important. I think also the people in your life that you are probably closest to or have the best um, thoughts about are people that you've spent time with doing fun or interesting things. Again, that's that term shared memories, I think is extremely important when it comes to happiness. Like, I'll be frank, like I have a, I have an older brother, seven years older, but me and him hardly ever spent time together. So we don't have a deep relationship. There are so many other people in my life that I have a deeper relationship with than my brother, just because we lack those shared experiences. We don't have those memories like, oh, do you remember the time we did this or the time we did that? Or I can recall this. And I think that's extremely important to people's long-term happiness is to have those memories to recall. Oh, it's never too late to start either. That's another one. Yes, I totally agree with that. I totally agree with you that. There's to and there's so many other lonely people out there who like want to do things with other people. I think that's one thing that people forget when they're like, oh, I can't go out in the world and meet other people. They all already have friends and who wants me. And I, I think especially in this day and age that loneliness is very pervasive and that people are thirsty to make relationships with each other. But it can be scary and it can be, you know, um, a commitment. And so I understand why people could be hesitant as well. You know, part of us going out and doing the stuff in the, you know, with the Down syndrome kids is also to start to form maybe some relationships here in Iowa that, you know, start to form a community and shared experiences there. It's very, very true. It's, um, 
you know, here in America, there's a, this whole idea of individualism and in in that, that that's the thing that brings happiness. And they talked about that too. And it's not that it can't, it just does it in a different way. Um, it's, uh, and then they can also, there's the, when you're com- completely alone, it can lead to loneliness. So they talked about that. I don't want to go too deep into this. Um, but that's part of why we started this podcast too. Like originally was, you know, I think, you know, COVID was happening and there was this, you could sense this urge, this feel for, you know, people to kind of be together and to do something connected. When I think gamers in particular, because a lot of gamers don't have social skills, they don't, a lot of them, I'll go on a limb here and say they feel like the real life world doesn't do for them what they wish it would do. Maybe they don't feel like meritocracy exists in the real world. So they try to get it through this game. They, Maybe it's as far as like they don't think they're a man in real world, but in this game they get to be a woman and they feel more comfortable. You know, I know there's stories about people who, you know, in the early aughts got to, you know, try to deal with what they're going through through video games by doing that. I think I think there's a lot of all that stuff going on. But we gotta talk about this video game, Sean. We're on forty minutes now. We haven't (laughs) I mentioned what we've been so, doing. So, yeah. so sorry. So sorry. Well, I think if people still listen, they understand by now that that's kind of what's happening. We have a new patron, Sean. No way. What is yeah, going we, on? Yeah, we got Craig. Hey, Craig. Craig. What up, Craig? Um, C to the R to the A to the I to the G. Yeah. Hmm. To the nice. pearls of love. Awesome. Nice. What up, Craig? What movie is Craig, that from, Sean? Uh... Friday? Hey, Craig. Yeah. <laughs> Friday's got so many good lines in it. It's just like little one-liners. Oh. Yeah, we cut out so many people when we talk about stuff. I'm realizing that too now. <laughs> because, oh, because they don't understand the inside joke or whatever? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure some people do, but there's probably a, a profound number of them that don't. They're like, what? what? Like, like the reason these guys I call uh, Serbius Big Swerb, that's from yeah. Big Perm in, uh, in Friday. What up, Big Perm? <laughs> oh my god, that movie's fucking funny. Man. Yeah, Chris that Rock kid is like who knocks over there. It's not Chris Rock; it's Tucker. Chris I mean, Tucker. Yeah, oh, Chris Tucker. Yeah. How yeah, you old is he in that, in that movie? movie? I don't know, but he's so fucking good, man. I think he's like eighteen or nineteen. I don't know. He looks so young in that movie. <laughs> oh, it's so good. There's so many funny people. Every character in that movie is fucking hilarious, man. I love the pastor who's always up. Can I get a little twin, twin, twin? <laughs> oh, he's trying to score free weed off the guys. <laughs> the pastor's trying to get free weed. I mean, come on now. And they're like, fuck off, pastor. <laughs> You're getting my yeah. weed. Yeah. Oh, man. God damn it. All right, okay, EQ. EverQuest. Holy shit. Um, here's what I want to do today. Uh, I want this to be actually informative for people who are getting into this expansion. Uh, last week, I described the Frost Crypt Raid a little bit without getting too deep into it. Um, and so I don't actually want to rehash that uh, yet as far as both of our impressions of it because we have both been through Frost Crypt now and that's something we could do is get Sean's take on it. I thought it might be better to wait next week until we both done Frost Crypt and Ashengate. And we'll go through that. Um, I thought in the meantime, what would be really nice is there's like three, four quests or things to do 
or new cities. There's just some things with this new expansion that I would really like love to lay out logically for people um, in a really clear way. Because I think for people who aren't as hardcore as our guild is, they may not have dove into TSS as deep as we have yet. And they may not even be aware of some of these new quests available. They might be getting all these no-drop items and they're like, what the fuck are these things even for? They may not know what to do for faction. I kind of want to lay out all the different things you can do in this expansion that we've learned so far other than the raids. Because uh, I think that could be really helpful helpful for people in the future as they're diving into TSS. I think that sounds good. Um, should I then go get another cup of coffee? No, you're going to... This is perfect. Um because you've been doing a bunch of it. That's what we've been doing together. It's just I'm a little bit ahead of you, but that's what we've been doing together. No, I know, but you're you're once you get I, you were already just about to go. If I wouldn't have cut you off right there, we would have been a 15 minute. I could have just Listen, walked away and got coffee. Have you ever like pulled on a boat motor and just tried to get it going? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Now, have you ever had a boat motor that once you get it going, it won't turn off? It's called a possessed boat motor. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm talking cut about. The line. Just you just cut the gas to it. That's all you got to do. No, that's the thing, though, is sometimes they have internal gas because they ate a lot of cheese and broccoli last night, and they're taken care of, and they're self-sufficient like an asexual being that can just reproduce off of its own boogers. Well, my what I'm getting at here is that you all you got to do is do like a three to five minute setup, and I'll be I'll easily be back with my coffee. It won't even be three to five minutes. I'll I need like a coffee a too. A you don't get to go get. Co- this is a big thing when we play together. By the way, in the morning, everybody, if we're if we have like a camp down, it's like okay, I'm gonna take my coffee break. Should we go at the same time or should we take turns? Because <laughs> both of us are coffee heads. We both get up at fucking early as hell on the weekends and go through like three, four coffees before it's noon. And I think actually, I think Miko is going to be here today too. So Ooh. I got to. We haven't played with him for a while. Efficient. I know. What up, Miko? I got to. That's why. So you, you just just start, and I will I be know back. I don't know how his job really hunt's quickly. going. Ooh, should I? Maybe, maybe I, I talked should, to him maybe, about that last night. What if Miko's boss is listening? What if Miko's hey. boss is Tib Sobosinski, and we're just blowing up his oh whole scene? Oh my scene? god! Okay, start it up. I'll be right back. I'm not joking. Go. No, if you if he goes and get a, a coffee, everybody, he's off the podcast. I think you all can agree with that. He's off the podcast if he goes and gets a coffee right now. Are you there right now, Sean? That son of a bitch. He's a son of a bitch, everybody. I'm just going to sing now for everybody, uh, and we'll just get back to it when Sean's back. Well, should we sing together, everybody? Um, I've been listening a lot to that uh, Hank uh, lately. Uh, something about lately I've been really into um, like cheesy fucking music, like top 40, like... Um, that uh, what's that Tarzan song from Phil Collins? You'll be in my heart, like shit, like that. And there's that Pink song. I'd never really heard this before. And the other day, I'm like, oh, Pink's like poppy and happy. I really want happy music lately. So I was listening to Pink on my headphones, and there's this song that's like, um, oh, now it's out of my head. Now I got "You'll Be in My Heart" in my head. I switched it up. But yeah, anyway, she does this song with this guy from Fun. I think his name is name is like Nate Noose or something like that. And I got that one in my head now. It's a good one. Is Sean back yet, everybody? God damn it. That son of a biscuit. All right, I guess I'll start talking about the fucking quest then. Then he won't be here to hear it, though, everybody. And then he won't even know what to pick up and what we laid down and all this shit. But I guess that's fine. All right. So... The Serpent Spine is a expansion that can go all the way from 1 to 75, so there's a buttload of quests in it, and a lot of them you won't care about because they'll be like, oh, there's this level 30 quest for this face piece that only has 20 AC, and like you don't want that shit, right? Or whatever. 
um, at least for your high-level characters. Um, so there are going to be a lot of no-drop quest items in here that you don't want. What we're going to try to focus in on are what are the ones you do want so you actually know how to filter through all your bags and what, realize what's going on in this expansion. Well, where I would start is you go to Crescent Reach and you talk to two different people that get a quest line going that's going to take care of your charm slot in this expansion. There's a charm you can get called the Charm of Lore. Right, Sean? The Charm of Lore. And uh, to get this charm, you have to turn in like 30 items to this dude who's standing on the first floor of Crescent Reach, which is the town in the new expansion. And he's in a library area. Are you back now, Sean? Oh, my God. We're so deep into it. I started singing Phil Collins songs. Yeah, well, I'm not surprised. I'm jealous. You have coffee and I don't. Oh, you fuck. Do you, you don't mm. put cream or sugar in there either, do you? Your brother taught me a, 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 a cream or sugar uh, word. I, once I asked him, how much cream or sugar do you want? He said a skosh. I'm like, a skosh? And he taught me how much a skosh is. Mm, so you know now. Now I know how much one skosh is. What about if you go a do a quosh? Then what do you do? I don't know. He'd have to teach me that one. He taught me what a skosh is, though. I know a skosh. If you're doing a skosh of cream, you basically you do a full tip of your cream dispenser, but then you tip it back as quickly as possible. But you do a full tip. You don't do a little drip. You get full tip, but then back as quick as possible. That's one skosh. Yep. It's otherwise known as a blurp. Yep. And a skosh of... Uh, of sugar is about the same. If you have a sugar dispenser, you turn that dispenser over fully, but then you immediately put it back. That's one skosh. So um, anyway, far, you're in Crescent you, Reach, uh, and you Crescent need these Reach. two quests for your charm slot. One is for the actual charm called the Charm of Lore. One is for the augment that will go in it. Now I wonder. I know you're wondering, oh, how good is this charm? Well, it's actually only a little better than the charms you can get from the raid stuff here, but it's better, so something to consider, and it's fun. I think this quest is a bunch of fun, and you can go into your achievements screen under Heroes Conquest, I think, and um, actually see a little checklist of everything you need, and I love checklists, everybody. It's so great. So anyway, it tells you, need, you like, even the zone, tells you the zone it's in and the name Sean, of You said the you weren't even going to talk. You said, you, should I go get my coffee? I'm back now. Should I go no, get my coffee? Because I'm back to help now. Oh my gosh. Why don't you tell everybody what it's like trying to get these 30 items to get your charm? Well, it depends on which ones you're going for. So there, there, I didn't realize there were 30 of them. So we must be pretty close to halfway done then. You're probably a little more than halfway done, huh? I'm like two thirds done. You should be somewhere around the one third maybe, right? Unless you've been doing some of those little ones. I think I'm just finished Gorku Mesa last night. So I, I have one more I think I need from there. And have you done Blightfield Moors, the easiest one? I have. I've done nice. everything up to that point. So, oh, so I you're think easily at that halfway point, then. You're halfway. Yeah, easily, right? Because at that point, I have one more, two more to get before I caught up to but where the names are. Tell people on the how list. to get these things, though. People don't know what the fuck we're talking about. How do you get these 30 items? What are they? Okay. So, this is like one of those um, quests that they put in the game where they kind of want to take you around every zone and kind of show you around a little bit while you're doing the quest, right? And so there are going to be ground spawns as part of this quest uh, that are in every zone, including Crescent Reach, the new not, city that he was just speaking about. every. They put the ground right. spawns specifically in the easier low-level zones. Once you start getting to the high-level high level zones, they'd make it harder on you, and you can't just do ground spawns anymore. And so 
you go around to these four or five zones, the first four or five zones, and you collect, I don't know, maybe anywhere from one to eight items from each zone. Um, they're all ground spawns that I can remember. There's one that I remember that you don't open something or maybe two where you're just like picking it up off a table or something, but most of yes. them some you pick are up on under the table, a pile some of rocks. Or, yeah. You, and also you can't open something when you have mobs in your X-Tar. Yeah, so playing a monk or any FD class is extremely good here because you just Cheaters. open it and then feign death and then you can take the take Cheaters. The it's fantastic. Well, the rest of us have to kill all the fucking bullshit around there first and then we get to loot it after we kill 10 kobolds that aggro us. Then there is also names that are on the list. This is once you start getting into a little tougher zones. This is for the steppes and Direwin Cliffs, I want to say, Icefall, as well as uh, Sunderrock Springs. So now when you're into kind of the tier two zones, now you got to kill mobs. Yeah, so they're, and I think most of these are hunter mobs, right? Yeah, most of them are the names. Yeah, so then you just kind of go around and you camp the, uh, the different spots you need to in order to get the names. There were some that seemed to to be more difficult than others, um, but that just probably was our luck for that day. Um, and what we we did, we've done just one completed zone so far. Yeah, Sunder Rock Springs is the big one. There are five names in there you have to kill. The other zones, there's only like one or two names you have to kill. So the big one is Sunder Rock, and we've done all those now. Yeah, so we started to move on to some of the other zones to try to get those names there. Um, and then all of these things, I probably you probably mentioned this, but you turn them into a librarian on the first floor in the new city. So like yeah. right when you walk in, pretty much across from where you come in, there's a uh, like a library, and the librarian behind the counter is the person that you continuously turn these into. And one of the beautiful things, which you probably already mentioned, is if you just happen to have a bunch of things in your bag, you're not sure which ones he takes and doesn't, it doesn't just give him all of it because he'll give you back what he yep. doesn't need. That's one beautiful thing about it that I still get used to, because in my head it's still old EverQuest sometimes, where if you give somebody the wrong quest item, you've just destroyed your whole epic line, right? This is different in this version of EverQuest. You can't fuck that stuff up. If you give somebody they, something they don't want, they'll just give it back to you. Um, yes. Well, uh, go, ahead, go ahead. Once you give five of these items to this guy, he will give you your charm. It will just be very bad at first. Um, but once you give them all 30, your charm will be fully modded up or fully like you know powerful one thing to keep in mind is that like the ground spawns that you pick up and hand in they only make your charm a little more powerful than when you kill the names and get the stuff that's another tier so like if you just do the easiest ones let's say you do 15 of the 30 but you do the easiest ones it's not like your charm is going to get halfway there it may only get a quarter of the way there because the easier turn-ins progress it less and then the big big progressions are the ones that you get during the raid yep and those Which are people right now two, are bidding for. And they're quite expensive. There's only two of them though, right? I don't know. I thought there was like four or five, but I've only seen two drop on raids. I think some of them might be smaller man stuff. This is the stuff I think we're going to start figuring out pretty soon because we're almost done with all the hunter parts and all the ground spawn parts. And we're kind of moving on to the raid parts now and we're going to have to figure all this shit out. Uh, yeah, it's exciting. Um, to be this far, no, I'm not. I'm not as far ahead as you, but to be this into it this early on is really great. Um, I got to give a lot of credit to the guild once again for writing coattails. I totally appreciate that about this guild. They are so incredibly helpful. You know, the first couple weeks after an expansion to get everybody caught up and flagged and factioned and all the rest of that stuff. I, I just think that's cool. 
I know it takes a tremendous effort. So thank you for all that. So once you're in um, Crescent Reach and you have that quest line going, you can also go up one floor in Crescent Reach to a guy named Jenner, I think his name is. By the way, everything you need is in Crescent Reach. Um, I'm trying to kind of make it my new city almost in a way because I'm always turning in quests there. You know, there's bankers there. There's all everything you need. Plus, by the way, all the armor turn-ins you do for all the raid armor is also in Crescent Reach. So it's a city worth becoming familiar with. The two things I still have to figure out is where do I buy my cloudy pots here and where do I buy um, augment distillers. Other than that, I think I've found everything in this town. Um, so the other one's from the poison guy. I'm sh- maybe it's from the poison guy there. It's on the second floor there. I've, tr- I've tried looking around. at the poison dudes. I didn't see the cloudy potions on them, but I may have been looking at the Ooh. wrong ones. Boo. But anyway, um, if you go up one floor, you'll find a guy named Jenner, and he'll give you a wanderlust quest, which is basically a walk-around quest, discovery quest. What do you call those, like waypoints or something? Yeah, yep. You just got to find them on the map. And once you get there, it'll say task complete. And then, you know, you go to four places in a zone, go back to him, hail him, you get updated. It'll, and sometimes he'll tell you to go checklist. talk to a new person in a zone and they'll give you the search quest for that zone. But then he'll ultimately still send you back to Jenner. You keep going back to Jenner in that original Crescent Reach City for this quest line. That affects your AUG. Your AUG for your charm slot will slowly get better the more of these you do. I think his last name is either Regan or Reagan, actually. It's, if I'm not mistaken, it's R E G. A-E-N. Speaking of politics, Ronald Reagan and his wife were really big into astrology. And D&D. Well, yeah, speaking of satanic panic, they actually employed people at some points who were all about instilling the satanic panic on us, which, you know what, Sean? Being into Dungeons and Dragons in the 80s, I'll say it, I was not a fan of the satanic panic. The fact that people thought that my fucking creative math game was going to make it so their shitty lives would be infested by a fucking witch flying through their window just made me want to punch all these. I'm like, these people are in fucking charge. These people are 30 years older than me. They're fucking idiots. <laughs> this, we're going back to the fact that I only trust two people in this world. Sean, I swear to God, at an early age, I thought so many adults were idiots. I'm not even kidding. Like when they started explaining the Bible to me and some of the stuff they believe in, I remember debating with my um, uh, Sunday school teacher that a, a human can't live in a whale. Like, you fucking moron. (laughs) (laughs) What, they didn't like that? No. (laughs) I wrote wrote on the side of my Bible on the binding 100% junk, and I got in trouble for that. 100% junk? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. You know how you can do it on, like, the part that you flip the pages? Oh, my God. Kids would do that in school, on their school books. They would write stuff on the sides. I wrote 100% junk on the side of my Bible. Mine that got me busted was where do the dinosaur where do the dinosaurs fit in? <laughs> I did. I was like, okay, so when did they start finding dinosaurs? Like, no, and like Sean Ricky Henderson knows what's up. The dinosaurs were buried. A bunch of conspiracy. George Soros buried a bunch of dinosaur bones back about like a hundred years ago, and we've all been fooled by him. Damn, he's good, man. Like he Isn't puts he them in, in, puts them into stone. Yeah, that's incredible. Dude's legit, I mean, dude. the, technology, the technology we have that no one knows about is, oh, is amazing. I'm just a robot, by the way. He can control the weather. Did you know that? Did you know that you're my hero and everything I wish I could be? Mm-hmm. I can fly higher than an eagle if you were the wind beneath my wings. 
Now, speaking of ego, I want to talk about the Griffin Quest, because I think that's a great segue there. But before I move on, I did just want to say that even though I did not do them together, and I think Sean as well did not do them together just because of our hodgepodge way of approaching both of them, I've been told, do these two quest lines in tandem because they kind of send you to the same zone. So when you get started, get both the quests, you know, go to Blightfield Moors or start in Crescent Reach or whatever, and just do both together because it saves you a little bit of time because you're... You know, when you go to Blightfield Morris to get all the pickups, you also may as well get all your waypoints for the Discovery Wanderlust as well. Yeah, that's what I've been doing. It's extremely effective. Oh, okay, cool. Um, I will just say that having to run around all these zones, I love these zones. I think that's honestly one of the reasons this expansion is so popular. It feels like old EQ. This feels like the classic EQ zones to me. They're big, but they're all different there there's a quest that you actually want to do there's something about these zones they're very classic sword and shield there's no crazy alien monsters you know um, what it is too these there's zones no are great there's some places where you can't go like you can't just go from end to end if you have levitation on there's places that you can't go above you're talking about yeah in the old expansions there was all that bullshit like invisible walls and shit because of the z-axis no, I mean like in the, like this one. There's a like you know like in uh, let's say Butcher Block for instance. Yeah, their mountain ranges force you to go down the paths. Right, you cannot go over them. Right, 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 that right. That same right, right. thing exists in this. It's it's yes. there's a big spiral in the middle of one of the zones, and you cannot go like just skip the spiral and go straight into the middle. You have to go through the spiral. No, I totally agree, and I think Butcher Block is a great example. The way Butcher Block is kind of carved up into sections, and you have to know how to go around based on the mountain ranges, there's definitely some of that going on here. Where you're like, oh, yeah. I need to get to this zone, I better go on the left side of the mountain range, because if I go on the right side, I can't get back over. Exactly, yep. And they for- you can't. That's what I meant. You can't just lev over everything in the zone, which they did for a long time. It, it seemed like Planes of Power and on, they kind of started doing it that way. But these zones are great. They're all different looking. I especially when running around, I really like that B zone. There's a zone they send you to, which is off the beaten path. It's like a newbie zone, but it's full of fucking bees, and it's really cool looking. I thought they were going to make a new model because of that. They like a, a you could be a bee person, but they didn't. Oh, if you could be one, if you'd be one, ha, <laughs> get it? Uh, okay, that's so, one of the quests. But I said we had to talk about the Griffin Sean. I think this is another very cool quest. And I also, when we're done talking about that, really quick want to talk about and get to the deeper side of the mind. So I'd say those are the four quests we've kind of done. Yeah, the key, the crystal key. Yeah, that those was are cool. all good. And they're all, cool. they're all advantageous to have and not difficult. So if you go into Direwind Cliffs, uh, this is the zone you have to go through to get to Ashen Gate, which is one of the big raid zones. So if you're a raider, you're going to be going through this zone a lot. And these zones do have some size. So wouldn't it be nice to like kind of like teleport Past two-thirds of the zone using a griffin ride. We've never had griffin rides or any type of rides in this game before. They actually treat it as a straight-up teleport, not a ride once you do it. But if you zone into uh, Direwind Cliffs, at the very south end, you're going to find a couple quest givers who um, give you... It's going to be a full line. It's going to be five quests. You actually only have to do one, two, and three on this quest line. And if you do those quests, which are... They're all group quests, by the way. Find a nice little group, put it together. It doesn't have to be elite group. You don't need some dope-ass tank. Just get a group of people together, and I bet you can do all three of these quests. These, these people should be, you know, between level 70 and 75, but you put a full group together, and you do these three quest lines. Um, and the first one, I don't remember what you get, but when you can uh, finish the second one, you get this little shirkin' throwing star thing. And do you remember what that thing does, Sean? I do. 
the it old puts people. The sleep, the two guards that are right before you get to Ashen Gate. Which is awesome. I thought that was going to be a hard quest to do because I heard you can put those guards to sleep so you don't have to train people or root them or DA through because they're a pain in the ass. And I heard, oh, there's a quest you can do to put them to sleep. And I'm like, oh, it's probably hard. It was super easy. It's already part of the quest you want to do for the Griffin ride. And it was not hard to do at all. I'm very glad that we did that quest. It is, saves a ton of, ton of time. And then once you are up there and then you're at those guards, you just zip, zip, see you later, have a nice day. It is curious. You have to get pretty close to the guards to use the thing, and it actually makes them change color, so you know you did it right. They turn from black to white. Um, you have to get really close to use it, but they only aggro if you're like right on top of them, so it's fine. And there you go. Then the key, that's the other thing we got, right? Oh, wait, but but we, did, we also had to do the third step of that quest line, and that got us access where now if you walk into Direwind Dyer, Cliffs and just talk to that quest giver, he will teleport you right up pretty close to Ashen Gate. It's fucking dope. It's very dope. It's it's extremely time saving, especially on raid nights. And I did think the whole quest line was kind of cool, Sean, because it kind of just takes you up and down that western pass, that valley, and all the outposts, and you have to like visit the outposts and kill like a named mob at every outpost. And I just thought it was a neat quest line. I love expansions that make group material the bulk of the material that like really reward you if you can get in a group and go and do all the stuff and this one feels expressed expressed that way to me and i the reason why i like it so much is, is because we you know we get to then experience a little bit more people from um from the top end of our guild too you know we get to hang out with people like depredation and shinks and uh, sharpie cool, yeah sharpie and and all these people who are legit really good players and they're you know they're good people too it's just it's nice oh i did i kept telling myself i wanted to give depredation a shout out too so shout out to depredation because I, I i believe that that they are an officer in the guild as well isn't that correct yeah but i think you're saying the name wrong i've already started to do a play on so when i think depredation i automatically want to say dep right shorten it right what's dep yeah. make you think of sean johnny Depp. Right, and so then we want to go Johnny Depp, and then I'm thinking we just bring it full circle and we start calling him uh, Captain Jack Sparrow. Okay, well, Captain Jack, I want to say thank you. You're one of those people, I, I believe, and you know maybe I could be corrected if I'm wrong, but I think you're one of the people in the the guild who is like behind the scenes a lot of time making stuff happen, making things work, and it's it's really obvious when you, you he was to hang out with us. this person. Yeah, it's just so obvious how. Um, aware the person is and I, I just thank you it's he was doing uh, quests with it. us and as we were trying to figure out who needed the reward he's like no I've already done all this I'm just helping you guys get caught up and that's always a good feeling yeah it it's super nice it's also he has a ton of knowledge about the game um, anyway thank you we appreciate it thank you so um, we did that quest line there are two more quests you can do in that quest line we were told they're garbage and so we didn't do them uh, we stopped at number three, which lets you take the Griffin ride, which is pretty sweet. The Peter Griffin ride, uh, courtesy of Captain Jack. I like Captain Jack and not Captain Jack Sparrow. Captain Jack's kind of perfect. Because maybe we're talking Jack Daniels at that point, you know? Hmm. And then, then we the can last... just start calling them Jack Daniels and the Old Town Boys. Bring <laughs> the double full the circle. La the last quest that we... Did or recently, the most recent one, I suppose, is the key to get to the deepest part of what's the name of that dungeon? 
uh, Virgilid Mines. I specifically Any... really enjoyed this because we were ahead of the curve on this. Like, I was literally on last night just dinking around, cleaning out my bags. And as so many people were like, how do I get deeper into the mines? And it was, it's not often that we get so into an expansion early on that we're actually ahead of the curve. This was one of those moments where I'm like, I feel ahead of the curve right now. This is really neat. Like we found out how to get to this part of the game that like a lot of people haven't even figured out yet. And it, it just something was kind of cool guy feeling for me on that one. Yeah, um, there's plenty of people that beat us to it, obviously. But yeah, then we did it. We got in there. We got everybody a key um, that came with us, which, you know, I think we should talk a little bit about that because if, you, oh, yeah. if you've it's never a done confusing. it. Yeah. So, so the quest the, itself is very simple, but. Yeah. Well, and it's not even a quest, right? You don't actually get a quest. What happens is when you go into Virgilid Mines, which is, I guess you could say somewhere around the third to fourth hardest zone in this expansion, somewhere in there. It's near the top, but it's not. we're not talking Ashen Gate or Frost Crypt or anything like that, but it's starting to get a little more difficult. Um, it's got two sections. It's got a deep section that you can't get to because there's like a locked door. One thing I did want to mention in the regular section and the section everybody can get to in the very north end, there's a quest giver guy who looks like a bad guy, but he's not. You can do quests with him. If in this expansion you've gotten any of these fragments of discs, warrior's discs, hero's discs, king discs, you'll find like, oh, this second fragment of the king's disc. And you hold on to all those things, you're actually turning them into this guy here. And if you do all three discs and complete them, you get what I heard is a decent AUG, like a above rate AUG for normal AUGs we can get on raids here. It's got like your normal HP and mana, but it's also got a nice AC to it, I think. So anyway. It's worth, uh, it's worth doing. It's not easy, but it's worth doing. Yeah, and, and, and it's like, uh, you get these things, it, I mean, just playing, you'll see these discs drop. If you go on raids, if you go on to group content, you'll just see these discs and just start to accumulate them. You know, you'll, you'll yeah. turn them in eventually. It's like a tan color with reddish orange, kind of looks like a pizza, misshaped pizza yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing you can do when you're in here, but you can also just start killing all the goblins and the orcs. Um, and eventually it's not easy to get this thing to drop. But if you, if you avoid the humans and you stick to the goblins and orcs, mostly you're eventually going to get something to drop. That's a blue wand with two charges on it. And now I'm going to let Sean to explain to you what to do with this, because I think he knows pretty well. Cause unfortunately he got to experience what not to do with it because of me resing him through the wall and all that fun stuff. But you want to tell everybody what they do with this thing? Yeah, so we read up on how to do it, and we figured that we knew how to do it, and so what we did was wrong, which is not surprising <laughs> for us. Let's just uh, tell everybody how to do it the right way so we don't confuse yeah. them by telling them what we did. I will. So once you get this piece, um, you can get up to three people two. keyed. Two. I'm, 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 okay, right? two. Two charges? I, I think you can do three, because mine still had another charge even after I did it. Oh, yeah. damn. So I think you can do three. Um, anyway, well... You, we don't know two or three people, but for sure two uh, with the this one, what you're going to do is you're going to go to the very back of the dungeon to where the door is that you want to pass through, but it seems it's locked, right? When right. You get it's there. The, it's and, the northeast part of the dungeon, which is also near this quest giver I was just talking about. Uh, so you'll go one room prior to where this door is actually located. And in this room, very center, there is a large cluster of blue crystals. You have to be literally standing on top of the crystals, not jump up on them, but you know, get yourself in there right, right up on them. And then if you open your inventory and right click on your wand, the blue wand that has the charges on it, it will produce a white, like what looked like quartz crystal. Singular, no drop, 
lore item. It's not no drop, by the way, which has made me wonder how oh, much I can sorry. sell mine for because none are for sale right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm I forgot about that Can piece. I sell it and get a new one? Because yeah. zero are for sale, and I bet you some person out there is like, oh, I'll pay 300000 for this fucking thing. <laughs> no, for sure, right? That's definitely for sure. Um, so once you have that, it'll take away one charge. They'll have one charge left. You can hand the blue wand to anybody that is not no drop so that you can hand it around and same None with this, this white is no drop. All this stuff right. can be handed around, but the blue wand is temporary. If you log, it will go away. So you need to use this right. blue wand and get your white crystals by clicking mm-hmm. on the pile of blue crystals before you log out. Yeah. The white crystal is lower, so you can't have a stack of them, but you know, right. You get your white that. crystal and then you're good. As long as you have that thing on you, you can pass back and forth through the door. Right, or you could just like make a white crystal, hand it to someone, make another white crystal, hand it to someone, and you could do it that way too. Yep. Um, but what we did instead, which you don't want to do, I repeat, this is not something you want to do. Unless, unless you unless, want to just get somebody to the back without flagging them. Or unless you run out, like unless this wand runs out of charges, because legitimately right. you might have to farm two, two of them for a group or whatever. Right, and they're but not easy assume, to drop, right? We killed for 40 minutes before we got yeah. one. Yeah, that's about right. We ended up getting two. The second one came much faster. Um, once oh, you know what right. they drop off, we got off one of. right after the first one. That's how it always yeah. goes. Yeah. Once you well, it's partly because we figured they drop off of the. Um, what do they call those? Uh, uh, Pike men or something? It was it's mm. one, one is the goblin model, one's golems. the orc model. You don't it's want golems. Oh, oh, golems! Yeah, they're golems. So they're th- those. What those are? They're like you know different pieces of different things put together to make an amalgamation. Okay. And they, that's what those were. Anyway, you'll figure it out. Once you're in the harder part of the dungeon, you just fight your way down to the bottom and you'll, you'll get them. Uh, oh, anyway. you talk. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, you get these white crystals. Um, you just keep it on you. It lets you pass back and forth through the door. Once you have one, and uh, you can just put it in your bank until you come back to this area. One thing I don't like is it's not permanently on your keychain, so you do have to hold on to this stupid thing. So if you ever want to come back, I like things that permanently go on your keychain. I think those are way cooler, personally. Me too. If you do get to the place where you don't have any more charges left, you can't make any more white crystals, and you have people in the group you need to get through, just get everybody else through the door. Make sure you have someone who can res on the other side yeah. of the door with a crystal, you know, obviously, and then just die. And then they'll just drag you through and res. Yeah, they can drag you through the door and then res you on the correct side, which is the deep side. Um, Once you're in the deep side, it's cool because you get to fight in a whole new area that a lot of people may not see. And uh, we were killing a bunch of names back there. We we actually found Vergalid. He's at the bottom of this big spiral cave full of undead. We didn't fight Vergalid. Uh, It's a raid thing, plus... You can't fight him. Yeah, it's... um, but when you're back here, this is the only place you can get a drop, which goes full circle back to the charm uh, quest item we were talking about to begin this episode, right? Um, or once we start talking about EverQuest, uh, one of the 30 things you need drops back here, which is the reason we try to get back here in the first place. And we got it. It was our Virgilid scales. So we are very excited to dive into this expansion. We are already head first, like pretty deep i'm at least 20 feet down right now you're probably 30 feet down so and here, we're going we're i want to give hard. a little preview to everybody what i've actually been doing is obviously when we've been playing together you know what we've been doing and early on i was doing a lot of this stuff like learning a lot of this stuff but now when you're not on and i've been playing i've actually been going back and um exploring the worst expansion ever made and so this is just a preview to a future episode i've actually when i've just been soloing i've been taking godric to every gates of discord zone and like learning them inside and out 
as crazy as that may sound, I'm like, this is the expansion everybody hated. It was tough to actually explore it back in the day because it was so hard. So I'm like using this opportunity to learn the shit out of all this stuff, to learn the quest, to learn all the zones and to learn how to get around properly. I don't know if I'm ever going to play every expansion over again, but if I do, I think that'll be a big benefit to really understand Gates of Discord. And I just thought it'd be fun to go back and really dive deep into an expansion that everybody hated so much. Um, and just so, I don't know, in an episode or two, I might go through some Gates of Discord stuff. And for all those people holding on to those extra invo- invocations for the Monks 2.5, please, you can just send me one. That's totally cool. <laughs> Apparently we can so, uh, do Shira now. We just need like four or five people. I'll take that invocation anytime. You're talking about the yeah, thing we, for your 2.5? Yeah, we should definitely go and do that. Yeah, people are doing Shira left and right. Well, yeah, we should go play right now. We got to go kill Shira maybe. We have to maybe go kill Saru for the day. Uh, Going to be a good time. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today and listening. I appreciate you all. Please consider becoming a patron uh, for EverQuest on patreon.com. When you become a patron, you get access to about 20 bonus episodes that we've made that you need a password to access. Plus, you get uh, access to the Discord. All good stuff. Plus, you just support us on this journey we're doing to bring uh, you all this stuff. Um, And again, if we do hit a Patreon of $500 a month, we will switch to a fully politics podcast just in time for the next election cycle. So that's something everybody's looking forward to. Sean, uh, thank you uh, for hanging out this morning. I'm looking forward to playing some EQ with you today. And the next title of our podcast will be Who is the Best President, Bill Clinton or Donald Trump? (laughs) 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 Who went on more trips with Epstein? We're going to go through the documents, everybody. We're going to figure it out. It wasn't you. I know it wasn't you, dear listener, because you're one of the good guys. Thank you for being there. Thank you for being one of the good guys. And we will see you next time, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye.